Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. This is what you get when North Korea launches a missile into the Sea of Japan. <laughs> We're going to monitor this. Pete Thimmel. This is the first manifestation of the new era we've brought upon ourselves. All right. We brought upon the 12-team playoff, name, image, and likeness, one-time transfer. With his eyes, Pat Forty. I think it dries up, blows away, and becomes the AAC of the Plains, basically. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. Uh, welcome to the pod. First things first, we want to uh, send our thoughts to the legendary Bobby Bowden and his family. Coach Bowden, 91 years old, uh, announced he has a terminal illness. And that's all the details. And that's really all we need to know. So we are thinking of Coach Bowden, one of the all-time great coaches, uh, characters, personalities, promoters in the history of college football. Uh, I don't think you can be a college football fan and not uh, love Bobby Bowden at some level, even if his teams routinely smashed yours. So thoughts with that. Also, we will get to some Japan tales. Pat has a beer vending machine in his lobby, and I do not, or in his hallway. Uh, many other things. The, my hotel is pushing me to wear pajamas at night like a bunch of drug dealers. I'm currently just saying no, but I don't know if I'm like cracking. <laughs> we have a lot of stuff to discuss from Japan. Also, Bojangles is stepping up their Much. game in the chicken wars. This needs to be. So we're going to get to all of that. But first, gentlemen, five alarm fire. Pat, what the hell is going on back there? <laughs> Texas and Oklahoma are batting their eyes, sliding right, jumping into the DMs of of SEC, you up. <laughs> you hinted this could happen. You talked about, you know, this is always here. Big picture, not, you know, how they're going to do this year and everything, but Texas and Oklahoma remain so much more marketable and valuable than everything else in that conference. And if you remember, not long ago, they kind of surreptitiously went to the, the conference, went to the network partners and said, hey, you want to go early on a renegotiation? And they're like, mm, no. Uh, which kind of was a blow, I think, to the Big 12's marketability and what it maybe is going to be able to draw. And it does bring into question the old issue going back uh, 10 years or more. How much do Texas and Oklahoma need the rest of the league? And do they possibly get the wandering eye again? I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's certainly out there on the horizon as long as there's some uncertainty about the league uh, broadcast deal. Give us the latest. Uh, we would have called an emergency pod if if we hadn't already had this thing scheduled. So we're we're very excited. Yeah, no, the timing. Yes, this is this is the reddest of red meat for the pod, and the timing really couldn't be better, even for those of us in Japan, since you and I, I think we're both awake at about five a.m. Japan time when this blew up, uh, and suddenly, you know, one minute you're looking at salted squid guts at 7-Eleven and the next minute you're writing about OU in Texas possibly becoming SEC members. Uh, that's how we're rolling over here in Japan. There had been some noise about this, Dan, in May. I had somebody, a very trusted person in college athletics, say to me, keep an eye on Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, and just thought that the relationship was as fragile as it's ever been with them and the Big 12. 
Uh, I tucked that that in the back pocket, and then in late May, there was uh, word that came out that the Big 12 had tried to enter into an early renegotiation of its media rights deal with ESPN and Fox and was rebuffed, uh, which I think was another indication that the Big 12 is not bringing a lot to the table and certainly brings almost nothing to the table in terms of marketability without Texas and Oklahoma. And so you combine those two things, and I, th- I think that there was indications that, yeah, that they're at least looking at their options pretty darn seriously out there. They're, I mean, they're, they're, they're doing more, I think, than just putting out feelers. So they, this is a, I'm not saying they are gone, but I think that they're very seriously exploring what their future is going to be. Now, you know, we'll see they leaving conferences, joining conferences is never easy. There are nine million hoops to go through here, but this is going to be a uh, a fascinating development to watch. To have it blow up in the middle of SEC media days, too, just adds that that wonderful little twist to it. There's just like so many places to go. Like I wrote a column and it could have been like I had like four sections, like different things, you know, questions. I mean, and I could have written like full, huge columns on each section because here's the, my ultimate takeaway. I was sitting outside the uh, ACC coaches meeting while I was writing the column. So the ACC coaches like file out and are basically laughing at me. They're like, oh, today sucks for you, <laughs> like one after another. And uh, I'm in Charlotte at, at ACC Media Day and one coach. Yeah, stopped to kind of check in what's going on and made a great point. It was just like today, and I'm I'm putting my, some of my own spin on this, but basically today is going to be remembered as the start of the rest of the history of college sports, meaning that's a little bit dramatic. But basically, this is the first manifestation of the new era we've brought upon ourselves. All right. We brought upon the 12-team playoff, name, image, and likeness, one-time transfer. It is basically turning into a bit of a free-for-all in Oklahoma and Texas, by all accounts, are going out to see what their to see what their market value is. To Pat's point earlier, the notion of Texas testing its free agency, like they're Fernando Tatis going to market, right? Like they are just going to like they're gonna they're gonna take themselves out to the highest bidder. Do I think Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC is done? No, I don't. I think Texas is going to explore independence. I think some ACC officials I saw today looked a little sideways because they really needed to go get Texas and potentially Oklahoma because the ACC contract with ESPN, which I believe is through 2036, is a terrible contract. We've talked about it a few times on the pod. It's the dirty diaper John Swafford left. And it was funny, just I got into ACC media uh, days last night and uh, there was this huge sendoff for John Swafford. And meanwhile, a majority of the people attending that sendoff for John Swafford know that he's left them in a very poor position. Think about this. Jim Delaney did, what, a six-year contract in his final contract for the Big Ten? And the SEC's was 20. So that deal and Mark Emmert's NCAA tournament deal are right now viewed as the two worst television deals going, not only in college sports, but really in sports. And so... Yes. Like I said, there's like 80 million tangents we can take. But my takeaway from today is this is going to be viewed as a pivot point, whether they go to the SEC or not. It is going to be a viewed a pivot point for how schools, institutions, football programs are going to uh, react in this uh, in this era of name, image and like just this whole new era we're entering today is like day one. All right, let me let this is a very tricky topic to try to navigate, but fortunately, you have a skilled host in me to do it. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, just tell me to shut up if I start rambling. Um, <laughs> let's start with this. Should Texas and Oklahoma go to the SEC or pursue any other conference or independence? Uh, particularly Texas. So let's start with that. Then we'll get to whether the SEC wants them. Then we'll get to whether Texas A&M is ready to just, just crawl under a pillow, okay, among other things. Oh, they ain't crawling under a pillow, Dan. They leaked well, okay, the story to stop it. it. Well, but they're not happy. <laughs> they they leaked the story. They're trying. The AD was running to microphones at SEC Media Day <laughs> to declare that they – I mean, it's unbelievable. Like, you could – if we sat around and tried to create a scenario for the pod, like a fictional thing, like what could be the craziest <laughs> thing to happen? Texas A&M potentially <laughs> leaking the story of Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC to stop Texas – 
from going to the SEC so they could continue their domination. And like they're finally getting over their inferiority complex. They're the better program right now. They're about to have their first top 10 season. And here goes Texas trying to pee in their Cheerios and say, try to join them in their boondoggle. And they're, they're like Matumbo down there in College Station. Well, no, 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 up. no. If you're going to do this, it Except is they don't to- rule the paint like Matumbo. Uh, That's I, the problem. I, I, we're we're no, going to this. We're gonna get to this, but... But All the right, point sorry. is, that the story was broken. <laughs> the petty, we had to the, bring up the petty. Sorry. The story the was petty broken by the Texas A&M beat writer from the Houston Chronicle who was at SEC Media Days. Okay? I wonder how. Great reporting. Great job. Great yeah, reporter. He's a good reporter. Brent Swinerman, Houston Chronicle, tremendous reporter. All credit on the scoop. He just blew up college athletics. Great, great job. Yes, but congratulations. Pretty good chance. It's from A&M. Anyway, also, I'll just give this this statement from Oklahoma State. It's it's maybe it's just more chap than anyone. This is one of the greatest statements in the history of college athletics. Statement from OSU. We have heard unconfirmed reports that OU and UT approached the Southeastern Conference officials about joining the SEC. Just a lot of starch in that thing just to start, right? We are gathering information and will monitor closely. This sounds like the FBI investigation, okay? If true, if true, yeah, it's true. We would be gravely disappointed. Oh, gravely. Not just disappointed. Was that from like a few good men? Oh, gravely concerned. Um, Yeah. While we place a premium on history, loyalty, and trust, right? Just shots across the bow at OU. Oh, there we go. Every freighted word they can throw in there. is the Sooners. The Sooners are the people who cheated the Oklahoma land grab. Don't trust these people. They tell you who they are. They tell you who they are. This is the best part. Be assured. I mean, this is like nuclear war here. We will aggressively defend and advance what is best for Oklahoma State and our strong athletic department, which continues to excel in the Big 12 and nationally. Aggressively. The Princeton of the Plains, baby. This is what you get when North Korea launches a missile into the Sea of Japan. We're going to monitor this. We have an escalation of we tensions have an on the border. report there was a missile yes, shot uh, from North Korea. We're going to aggressively monitor it. Uh, we'd be gravely disappointed if they try that because we believe in the treaty we have, but we will aggressively defend ourselves. I mean, it's a football team, man. <laughs> Compare that to the tenor of the statement when Gundy went on his uh, amateur <laughs> epidemiologist rant and they were oh, like yeah. the embarrassment of the sport for that. They like didn't say his name and they were like, we take we things care about very COVID seriously. Anyway, that was like a message board post. They copied from the Pentagon. It's beautiful. This is incredible. We will aggressively defend and advance what is best for. Okay. You trusted the Sooners, baby. They tell you who they are. Uh, all right, let's get to this. Hey, you know what? Oklahoma State Oklahoma State has one choice when it comes to trusting yeah, the Sooners. Have. You have to. You've got to ride their coattails as long and as far as you can. T. Boone Pickens to the otherwise, it, 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 he, he does not equal no, make it an tried. equal playing field. So they are tagging along like Texas Tech is tagging along with Texas. So should Oklahoma and Texas go to the SEC? Should they leave the Big 12? I was going to try to funnel this down. Should they try to leave or go independent or go to the ACC or Pac-12? Should they? Pete? Should they go independent? Texas can. Oklahoma can't. And Oklahoma's won the last six Big 12 titles. This is no slight. Oklahoma is a better historical program than Texas. And I don't even think it's close if you really boil it down, okay? It's not. But it's the, not. The biggest cities in Oklahoma are Oklahoma City, Tulsa, Norman, and Broken Arrow. Okay, (laughs) the biggest cities in Texas are Houston, Dallas, Austin and San Antonio. And I'm probably missing like another. I mean, yeah, they got probably 15 cities bigger than anything. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, you just go just go on and on and on. So that gives here's the the new reality. Remember 10 years ago, I I literally was getting like flashbacks today. You know, you only use the word fescue when you when you're golfing. You only use the word grant of rights when realignment happens. (laughs) All right. So the word grant of rights started showing up on my Twitter feed like a bunch of it's just like it's like I'm back in. uh, Who was that idiot president of Oklahoma? David Boren. Remember the David David Boren disaster? Sure. Oh, God, that guy was a disaster. So should they go? Probably. Right. 
because look what's look what they're propping up right now. All right, look what they're propping up. The what's the biggest market in the Big Twelve after Oklahoma and Texas? Like what's the Kansas City? Yes, it is Kansas City. It is Kansas City. That is assuming assuming you you, you count Kansas as having a football program. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's a split town now, too. Yes. That's yeah. Kansas City, Missouri. Yes, yeah. exactly. You don't have. A, you know. Exactly. So there just is there was a stat at one point in the Big 12 and it's changed a few times that Lubbock was the second biggest city in the in the league that now it's not because of Fort Worth. That was before uh, that was before they came in. So there isn't much there there when you dial it. So this is like you make the decisions in realignment for 50 years, not 15. Would it be more lucrative? Would it? You're essentially helping create a FAW professional league. Now, these leagues have all been FAW professional leagues for the last 20, 25 years. And this move would just simply cement that. Now, what you lose is, and you, we've lost a lot of it with realignment. You lose local. You lose the, you know, the, the, the water cooler. Right. Like there can't be a whole lot of crossover between Norman, Oklahoma and Auburn, Alabama or Starkville, Mississippi or, or any of these or any of these places. Uh, you lose history. There's there's a lot you lose, but you will gain large amounts of cold, hard cash. And if you I did some back of the napkin math and uh, I'm terrible at math. I went to Syracuse. They actually don't offer math classes there right now. The Big 12 makes pretty good money. It's thirty eight million. They're the third, uh, the third most. The SEC is somewhere in the uh, about 72 tabs open on my computer, but somewhere like above 45, 46 million, something like that. 23, that terrible CBS deal that the SEC had turns into the monster ESPN deal. And that money goes way up. Um, And I just think you'd want to get in the safest port. And I, I think that's what Oklahoma and Texas are doing at the very least. They're exploring the safest and most lucrative port. Yeah, they're exploring their options. And I guess, all right, yes, we've, we've kind of delineated the options. They could go to any of the Power Five conferences. Like, anybody would take them, right? Uh, they could go independent. And I've had a prominent person in college athletics insisting for more than a decade that they should go independent, that they could do it. That, you know, they have the football clout and they are so good at everything else that people will take them, take their other sports. They could be like Notre Dame, uh, just a, a secular Notre Dame. You know, I, I think they seriously explore that option. I think if you if, if you can come to a point and think that you can make that work, I would do that. Absent of that, I think the SEC is the best move. Uh, you are now you look, you are stepping into a very, very difficult competitive situation from a football standpoint. But by God, you're Texas and you're Oklahoma and you feel like you should be able to compete with those teams. The Pac-12 is shaky. It's also further away. The ACC would be a good option and and you could compete better in football there, but it's further away. So that that, those are your options. The Big Ten, I don't think is a viable option. I, I, I just don't. I think that, first of all, we, we know this leadership of that conference is shaky. So, what you know, where are they going in terms of they, they, the, that conference probably is going nowhere. But you are going into such a different region. You're probably inviting in uh, Ohio State and other people more into recruit Texas than they already are. Uh, if you go in into, into a league with them, you got to go back and make nice with Nebraska, who you hate. Uh, I, I think the SEC, if you can if you can. <laughs> Do it over Texas A&M's not dead but very wriggling uh, body, then you do it. Texas A&M is like the like the guy who reserves the parking space for his buddy by lying down in it. Not letting <laughs> <him>. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, Back over that sucker. This, this is like a not so peaceful protest. God, it's oh the yeah. petty is so great. <laughs> it's fantastic. All right, I don't know. Couple things on this. And this is where the playoff and whether this plan goes through is a big deal. Texas's path to the playoff and to win a national championship is easier in the Big 12. And I've said for a long time that the Big 12 should have been a forerunner on trying to get the, the last time we had a realignment to get a big playoff and an automatic bid because now you offer a carrot to Texas and Oklahoma who could always leave that you've got a playoff path and all you really got to do is beat the other one most years and you're in the playoff. And even if you don't and you only lose one game, you're probably in the playoff now. 
And I think that means more to Texas than money. When have we ever looked at Texas and said they didn't have enough money or they can't raise the money? They can close any gap, particularly if they're in the playoffs. So I would be very, very careful about jumping into the to a 16-team SEC, which is literally just like, this is a battle royal now. This is a, a, a knife fight. You no longer have the advantages over everyone. And even though Oklahoma has a better program than you historically and now, you still have an advantage over them. I mean, Texas has the most advantages of any school in the country, probably. Uh, if not, it's in the top two or three. So I would be very careful about leaving the Big 12 for that. I certainly understand the frustration that you are propping up everybody else. And you're wasting your time putting your team in a bunch of places where there aren't any players, there aren't any fans, and, and these states that 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 just don't don't live up to your, your expectation. But right now, I think there is a lot that the Big 12 still offers, and that is, man, all you got to do basically is beat Oklahoma, get your program rolling again, and you're going to be in the playoff most years. It, it could possibly have been every year the, if this thing goes to 12. And at the SEC, there is absolutely no guarantee you're doing any of that stuff. So I would be very cautious of that. The independent route now, like I, I agree with you, Big Big Ten doesn't make any sense to me. ACC doesn't really make any sense to me. The Pac-12 makes a little because you're starting to get involved with California schools and things like that. Uh, and you can little, win it. But the S- and you can win it. But the SEC makes more sense in terms of just culture, geography, all of those things. I talked this morning with uh, a, a, a board of director, board of trustee kind of guy on a board at, at, at a, at a major university. And he was talking about, you know, what they would look at as the possibilities and the independence makes a lot of sense because as a university, what you want is your athletic department to prop up the rest of the school and promote your school. Right. And all Texas is doing right now is they're playing a lot of games in places where they get very few students and they don't really care about those markets. So at that elite academic level, you're sitting there saying every time we go to Manhattan, Kansas or Ames, Iowa, it doesn't really do us any good to have our team as an independent like Notre Dame and Texas could go independent. And all of a sudden you're playing out in L.A. or you're playing uh, in San Francisco or you're playing in on the East Coast and you're you're. Because Texas as a university is so good, and we've all been there. It's a phenomenal place. And so you go, but I don't know that it has the academic. It's a very good school, but I don't know that it's, you know, those U.S. News and World Report ratings and all that, that it's a top 20 or something like It doesn't necessarily have that complete pop that it probably deserves as a every kid in the country goes, boy, I'd really like to go to. Texas, the way, you know, super elite students all go, I want to go to Stanford or Duke or something like that, right? I don't think it's, that's just my, I'm going to get killed by the Texas fans, but whatever. I mean, I think that's a fair thing. Yeah. I think they're like top 40 uh, U.S. News World Report, which is very good. It's it's among the the highest uh, public schools, but it's not Virginia, it's not UCLA, it's not North Carolina. But it's what if Michigan. you start attracting more students from Los Angeles and and and, and California, particularly, or anywhere else? And so an, an, an independent athletic department allows you to do that. You're still Texas. People are going to want to schedule you. And again, the playoff is created for Notre Dame in part. And Notre Dame has got they have absolutely. I think we I think Pete, you said it. They play chess where everyone's playing checkers. They set themselves up where you're like. We don't need any conference. Why would we ever join a conference if we got a 12-team playoff? I think if you're Texas, you look at that and go, wait a minute now. You know, we could probably do this. And maybe Oklahoma, I don't know. So I wouldn't necessarily jump to the SEC, but I certainly get why they're looking and they're they're flirting with the SEC. Yes, they'll make more millions, but I don't, I just feel like that isn't the issue with Texas is millions. I'd rather have the easier path to the playoff, which will draw in the millions, sell you tickets, get the donors, all that. Yeah. Texas number 42 U.S. News World Report. Um, yeah. And I, I probably muddled my point a bit there, but I do think uh, independence is is a really attractive option for them to pursue. So more more so than the SEC, if I, like if I were ranking them. But Oklahoma, 
not really. I don't know if they have that ability unless no. there's a whole bunch of teams start going independent. But if Texas leaves the Big 12, well, I mean, they could run the show even more than they do now, I guess. Here's an interesting point on uh, on independence. So 10 years ago, which we're all having flashbacks to today, uh, a lot of those decisions were made because of cable boxes. Maryland and Rutgers aren't don't go to the Big Ten today. They're not invited because they brought the I-95 cable boxes. It was a Big Ten network play. It was a pure cable play. It was a market play. And that was the reason. So the world has changed. And now the plays are going to be essentially streaming and download plays. Right. And so. Texas, we're, we're going to get the litmus te- the litmus test for this is going to be Notre Dame, which is a truly national program. It's intertwined with religion. It's an iconic brand in the sport. And if Notre Dame stays with NBC, for example, there's a component to Peacock Plus. Uh, You know, maybe CBS goes after Texas and they put them on Paramount Plus. But the interesting thing with the streaming is this. So you added cable boxes, you added inventory. That was the big buzzword 10 years ago, inventory. I actually think less inventory in a lot of ways is attractive to some of these streaming services. If you are, well, if you are Paramount Plus, if you are Peacock, if you are Amazon, you don't want to have to show the metaphorical Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Tuesday night ESPN U game. Like if you take on a conference, you take on a lot of freight and it's expensive to do that. That's why a lot of these games are now being done from the studios. You need TV trucks. You need it brought, like you need talent. You need everything. If you get the Notre Dame football package, you have to broadcast seven or eight games. And it's easy. And you get all the brand pop with none of the excess inventory baggage. And so I really think when things are being explored and Texas is the hottest free agent on the market, they're going to explore everything. That becomes one of the attractive parts is that a streaming company can streamline what they do, bring you on, get the pop without having the ancillary baggage. I agree with all of that. That's a it's an it's an excellent point. And yes, this is a different ball game. Those hundred year decisions supposedly were really ten year decisions with the with Rutgers and Maryland and things like that. We're just adding basic cable boxes. And I've I've said for years now on this podcast and in columns, what happens when that whatever that balance is dips, it tilts, and all of a sudden the Big Ten Network or the SEC Network isn't bringing in the money. And, and at some point that happens and, and someone goes, why are we propping these guys up? Why, why are we, why do we bring people in uh, when we, we bought them for the last generation of economic uh, decisions? The thing too about Texas particularly, because I, you know, you could sit there and say, all right, if Texas goes independent, could Ohio state go independent? Could Michigan or Penn state go independent? Could Penn state used to be independent, right? For a long time till like 1990. It's been a while, but could any of those go independent? Could USC go independent? Something like that. Big, big schools try to do it. Possibly. No question. No question. They could. I think an Ohio state, let's take Ohio state and Michigan. Okay. They still have culturally. And I think with their fans and the way the big 10 is set up there, they still want to be, Midwest, right? Ohio State wants to play in Chicago. They want to play in Indiana. They want to play in Michigan. They want to play in Pennsylvania. Uh, they 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 like being Midwest. Would they carve out a couple of these dudes? Yeah, probably. Would they regret? Would you know? Michigan wants to be Midwestern. It, it's it's a region. The same in the South. Like the idea of like Alabama leaving the SEC. No, they like that's the culture. You're tied. We're the South. We, we want to play in Tennessee and Atlanta, you know, and Athens and Florida. This is us. Texas doesn't have that. They, they, I think they like playing around the state of Texas, but they don't care. Uh, they don't even, you know, they go to Oklahoma State every other year. They play. They don't even play Oklahoma in Oklahoma and anything north of, of I don't think they care about anything north of Dallas. I mean, they just don't. And so there's not that. I don't think Texas alums are like, God, I just love being part of the Plains. Like you know, when you're in Athens, you're not in the Plains. And that's what the rest of the, a lot of the rest of the league is. It's basically you and A and M, and I, you know, and then there's Waco, I guess. But I don't, <laughs> I don't think they. I just, you know, who knows? There might be more Texas fans in Waco than than Baylor fans. So 
I think it's also that cultural fit that I just don't, Texas really cares about these other schools the way I think would really cause pause at an Ohio State or a Michigan where you're like, you really want to do this? Like, uh, you know, we like playing Wisconsin. We like going to the Big Ten tournament in Chicago. We like it. We get something out of that. Well, I mean, there's one reason. There is a reason why the Big Ten has been largely the same static set of conference of, of core schools since 1901. You know, they they like being there. They do have that identity. Uh, they are probably more dependent on, as you said, geographic identity, but also tradition than a lot of other places. I mean, the state of Texas is a much more transient place, more people moving in, more, you know, import-export people uh, growing explosively than the Midwest, where it is much more kind of, I think, set in what it is and what it wants to be. So uh, from that standpoint, sure, Texas is is the most logical independent out there, you know, beyond Notre Dame, I think. You could, you, you could make a case for those other ones. Maybe USC as much as any, because they're a private school in a league that's floundering to a degree. They recruit nationally. They have more money than God from an academic standpoint because their tuition is scandalously high. You know, they could be in that sort of category. But uh, while you could, you could they're look- a California <clears throat> school, man, right. like. They, you know, like, really? You're going to travel every, I mean, it would be know, hard. Everywhere. It would be hard. You'd have, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd want some partners out west there somewhere if you can get them. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's ideal, but I think they could do it more easily or be more re- more open to looking at it than schools in the Big Ten. I think USC, if, if you had to rank them, this, this again, you could write a million columns off this, right? What Who would be a better independent candidate, USC or Texas, is a great column. Because USC, there's a lot more East Coast folks who would ra- who would think about going to USC over Texas. And I just think that's L.A., it's glamour, it's sunshine, it's it's a lot of that stuff. And look, I love Austin, Texas. It's not like I don't want people to, to people think I'm, I'm crapping on Texas because of that. But I do think there is a national cachet to USC because of L.A., because the Hollywood ties, it's a it's kind of more of a glamour school than uh, than than Texas is. I mean, if you pull USC, let's just say Oregon out of the Pac-12, and you pulled Oklahoma and Texas out of the Big 12, which league is better? I, I don't know. I just thought of this right now. I don't have I don't have like a, a an answer. Yeah i i i would I would take the Pac-12. I think, but I think so but in markets. Yeah, right. Markets. Exactly. Exactly. That's what you're looking at there. But USC is 24th in U.S. News and World Report rankings, which I think they're bogus. These things are ridiculous, but they care about them on these campuses. Oh, yeah. Pete and the parents that look them all up care about them. If, if you look yeah. at what if you look at what USC was before Pete Carroll got there, what was it? The University of Spoiled Children was the old joke. Oh, it yeah. was a party school. And, and Pete Carroll completely changed that place. A lot of ways, the same ways Nick Saban has changed Alabama. But like if you're yeah, no, the, the the Big 12 schools have like nothing to sell. I mean, even like Iowa State, kudos to you. You have made your football program relevant, which is an incredible accomplishment. But guess what? The network execs are sitting there saying about Iowa State like, yeah, we don't care. You know, I mean, Oklahoma State, T. Boone Pickens has funded a great all around athletic department there now, like really good. They're good at a lot of things, including football and often basketball, men's basketball. They're still not overly marketable and sellable. Baylor just won the national championship in basketball and they have a big Baptist following, but do they fill their stadium regularly? A 50,000-seat stadium? Eh, same with Oklahoma State, 50,000-seat stadium. You know, there's just a – you get past Oklahoma and Texas, and it is – it's a thin pool, especially if you are trying to appeal to the people who give you the – hundreds of millions of dollars so that you can keep your giant athletic department functioning. Pat, you forgot the Ames tap water as a draw. <laughs> you know what? Try That's to, a, try a to major that oversight line. on my part. I'm sorry. <laughs> no hooray for you in that rant. <laughs> uh, podcast listener Chris Budden was, was going to ask, and then she, apparently she wimped out because she wanted a, a podcast shout-out. So we will not give you a podcast shout-out because you wimped out. I think she just got one. I know. That's the joke. <laughs> Glad you got the joke. Didn't she go I, to I Missouri, Pat? Don't they teach the people of Missouri to ask the hard questions about the cleanliness of the tap water? Come on. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's switch it to this side. If you're the SEC, do you want them? You do. 
I, I think you do, because essentially you are just creating a spectacle. Here's another tangent thought, and I'll finish answering the question. Who goes to the East and who goes to the West? Now, you probably blow up divisions and create something else, but like that could be, if I'm going to the West and I'm Texas, like they can't even beat TCU. They lose to Oklahoma State almost every year. Never mind the gauntlet of Baton Rouge, Tuscaloosa, Auburn. Uh, you got to start playing a This is my again. point. They're, what? You've got a path to 11 and one yes. on the other side, yes. dude. Wait, stay where you're at. But go ahead. It's money over competitiveness. And it's just, it's, it's just, let's go on the safest, highest ship. That's, that's what it would be. But if you're the SEC, you absolutely want them because it just, the, one of the great things about the SEC, and we all love the SEC, we love going to games there. It's just a spectacle, right? Like, uh, I think, Pat, you and I were both at that first Texas A&M SEC game. They played Florida. Yeah. Bunch yep, of years yep. ago. Like it was a total spectacle. And you have to be new and creative and different every year. In the NFL, you can draft Trevor Lawrence and give your franchise buzz. Now in college football, you can get a recruit, but like people aren't buying season tickets to see a recruit. So it's almost like the, the spectacle of the SEC is the SEC in a lot of ways. And it's the fire and the passion. And this is a complete energy driver to the league. If you can go and you can get Oklahoma and Texas, I just think it changes the paradigm of your league. And it just fortifies what has been long been true, that you are the best. Now you'll be the biggest and the best. And I think the 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 segue to that, and I want to hear Pat's answer to that, that, but is the I think the next question is if you are a Mississippi school, if you are a Missouri or a South Carolina, do you start to worry about contraction? Because we said earlier in the pod in the last few months that we thought contraction would be more likely than another like round of realignment, which is why you like to listen to the pod because we're wrong a lot. Um, but I really think that I really do think that there are. Yeah, the, let's let that let's let that one cook for a little bit. Now. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yes, I agree with Pete. Yes, you want them and you go get them. And I think his reasoning is very sound that, yes, it just adds to the the spectacle of it just means more. OK, well, now let's see how much more we can make it mean. This makes it mean an incredible amount more. You add Texas and Oklahoma to Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Texas A&M, Auburn. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. It's absurd, but that is SEC football. The other part of the equation is this is a zero-sum game. So if you don't get them, somebody else does, unless they stay, obviously, in the Big 12. You don't want the ACC to get them. They are a – there is a rivalry, to, so to speak, there. I mean, it's not a very even one, but – your schools in the East play those ACC schools. They recruit a lot of the same people. You don't want the ACC to jump over you geographically and grab those two schools away. You sure don't want them going to the Big Ten, which is really the only rival that you have in terms of overall power, clout, and prestige. And you don't want to lose them to the West Coast. So if, if it's like if they're going somewhere, yeah, you might as well bring them to you. I mean, look, it, gluttony has been popular for a long time in this world. <laughs> I mean, of course you want them. If you're Greg Sankey, yeah, you want them. And and like you said, this is these are the this, the the bells of the ball are sitting there, and, and you can ask them to the dance, or someone else is gonna. They're going. They're doing something. Ideally, they stay where they're at if you don't get them. But if they they if they bat their eyes at you, you, you know, you 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 answer. Absolutely, of course. He would he would be completely. Uh, he should be fired if he didn't. I mean, if you're the SEC commissioner, you know, oh, I'm sorry, we, we, I'm worried about Mississippi State's feelings. A <laughs> and uh, I'm worried. I'm worried how they'll feel. Are they going to feel a little threat? No, you pursue it, and then you get out there. Now, he got <laughs> Craig Sankey got backstabbed probably by A and M, who leaked the bag on him <laughs> when he's trying to keep it secret and do some negotiations. But that's that's what you have. So yeah, you try to get them. No question. I mean, your TV market's bigger and you just become the, the. I mean, the SEC is already big, but the Big Ten, you know, they still have more people because their states are bigger for now. They still, you know, the Big Ten is a is a is a yin to the yang. It is a it is a, a an equal foe in power and money and all of that still. <sighs> Boy. That you had Texas and Oklahoma, and I don't I don't know what the stats are, but I can't imagine the Big Ten still has more fans. Yeah, I mean Texas. If you're adding your state foot, I mean Texas is the second biggest state in the country, and Florida is what third. So now 
you know, and, and the states in the north are not getting bigger at that. No, no. Ex, like the future. Right. Is not in Indiana's population. OK, that's not where <laughs> you bet your your numbers. So, yeah, you grab them now individually. Do these individual schools want them? That's really the question. I thought taking Texas A&M and Missouri, I I. I thought Texas A&M, I, they added for TV numbers and stuff. But if I'm if I'm Alabama and I say, we're going to get A&M, oh, I can handle them. And I start getting more kids from Texas. I actually thought SEC should have doubled down. And t- I was against the Missouri bit. I thought they should take at TCU if they could get them um, and just double in on Texas. That's where the that's where the money is. That's where the, you want to be. And I said, uh, do I want Oklahoma and Texas around here? I don't know. I, I think it's not as easy of an answer. If you're Texas A&M, hell no, you don't want them anywhere near you. First off, you ran from these guys. You finally get an advantage. Now they're coming. To, they're walking in and they're going to steal your girl, right? That's like, no, no, no. I don't need you showing up on my date. <laughs> like, this is going good. I don't need you moving in next door to my house, right? It's like <laughs> your partner's ex-relationship uh, ex, uh, just moves in next door. Great. And he's Brad Pitt. Yeah, and he's Brad <laughs> I'm good with you over there. Good draw. Uh, where Sully. I can talk bad about you and pretend my house is uh, nicer. But then you get to, yeah, to the, I mean, if you're the Mississippi schools, if you're Arkansas, you're Missouri, you're Kentucky, any of them, it's a long road to the top in the SEC. You basically have no chance. The SEC is in favor of this new playoff to try to create a chance for the rest of its schools outside of four to five programs that really have a legit shot. And you just got knocked down the pecking order further. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm if I'm Kentucky. I don't know if I'm if I'm Mississippi State. Uh, I don't know if I need that. So that's what to me is going to be interesting, Pat. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I think your your point from an individual school standpoint is good because there will be some. There would be like God. We don't we don't need more competition. We need less competition. If you are in that second tier of schools. And even if you're, like you said, if you're Alabama where uh, it's a case of we, we can manage this now, but Hey, there's a reason Nick Saban at least talked to Texas while he was at Alabama. Cause it's one of the few places that when they're doing it right, or, you know, when they're on top of their game can be as good or better than Alabama. So my, my theory guys here or, or question is, okay, we, we, we know a and a hard no. We're pretty sure Missouri's probably a no for the same reason. We were already in a conference with those jokers. We left for a reason. We don't want to be back with them. My question is about the SEC East and the schools that have effectively blockaded their annual rivals from jumping from the ACC to the SEC. Florida said, no, we are not bringing in Florida State. Georgia says, no, we're not bringing in Georgia Tech. South Carolina says, no, we're not bringing in Clemson. Kentucky says, no, we're not bringing in Louisville. I mean, if you're A&M, don't you go to them and say, uh, those that stance, you need to maintain that stance and get in line with us here and stop this. So I think here's here's the difference. This all comes down to math and money. And what is yet to be determined whether the math could be enough incentive to convince all those e-schools to vote it. So you'd have to add essentially over a hundred million a year. ESPN would have to add over a hundred million a year to that TV deal in order to get them to come. Right. So are they going to add even more than just to make them whole is a lot of money. Now, are they going to add even more than that? Where more millions flow to the metaphorical Vanderbilts in Mississippi states where they could be like, we don't really want it, but we'll take the extra. I, I don't think it can add that much more because every for every extra million you have to give. You have there has to be 14 more million. So if it's going to be five million bucks, which may like be like, oh, five million more bucks is pretty good. That's an extra 50 million a year. And ESPN, in the wake of a pandemic, and we've seen the cuts there, isn't throwing around that big of money. I do think they would want Oklahoma and Texas. I do think they would make them whole and put them on the same plane. But I don't think it's this paradigm changer that's going to change anybody else financially this time around. It's also proportionally. These athletic departments are 70, 80, 100, $110 million athletic departments, 5 million. It's not not that much more. And and you've put yourself. I just say this, like you can chase money all you want. You know who's what's a great investment? You know who's really rich in sports? The Sacramento Kings. <laughs> yeah. They suck every year. They never good. They don't, you know, and maybe they'll get I mean, Milwaukee just won the NBA title. But like being a fan of one of those teams is not fun. <laughs> right. Being part of those teams is not fun. 
you can be rich. Your owner just made billions more because the Lakers are popular, but you always lose. And I just think if you're a fan of these other teams, adding Texas uh, now, like in, in, in you know Texas, you open up more recruiting ground, right? You, you can recruit in the states you play. But if you got a 16 team league right now, like South Carolina plays at Texas Stadium, I think once every 14 years or something. And how many South Carolina recruits are they drawing out of Texas? You know, I don't have to look, but maybe maybe it's one a year. Is that like if I'm Missouri, I might want to get back into Texas. But if I'm Arkansas, I'm like, hey, why the hell not? But uh, I I don't know about the East School. So I, I think there's a lot of pause on that side. I would just be very careful. You're if you're a fan, your athletic department and these all these athletic parts have done a great job making money sound like it's important to you. Because we have more money and we'll buy one more. uh, We'll get a better offensive coordinator and that's going to get us victories. And the truth is uh, you're better off with a lot of small leagues where you have a whole lot of success. And it's a lot more fun to win than just sit there and be like, great, our strength coach makes a million a year, but we just went five and seven. Yeah, that's a fantastic point is that that from a fan standpoint, what do you get out of the deal? And you know, some of the fans would get a lot out of having Texas and OU in, but for for a bunch of them, it is two more losses a year added to your calendar, to your schedule. Here, here's an interesting point. What are we about a decade into A and M's time in the uh, SEC? Pat, a little less than a decade. Is that? Yeah, 2012 was their first season, I believe, or maybe 11. Has A and M earned the clout to pull the move it's trying to pull and stop Texas? Like, no, nope. is A&M respected enough within the league to do that? Uh, Ross Bjork's their AD. He was at Ole Miss. He would not win any SEC athletic director popularity contests. I think we would all uh, we would all agree with that because he was uh, Hugh Freeze's enabler and, uh, you know, famously misled the media as uh, Ole Miss was going down the path of uh, of, of NCAA sanctions. So I, I think that turned off a lot of the old guard in the SEC to Bjork and him running to the cameras today uh, to, to wave his arms was a very predictable move. He, he likes the spotlight certainly more than any other AD in the SEC. Does he have the clout and does a and have the clout within the league to say, nope, uh, do, do the other league members look at A&M and take them seriously enough to say, all right, we respect Texas A&M enough for their wishes? No, I don't think so. Again, I think that what the, their play is going to have to be like to to hit up, you know, if it's you in Missouri, you need a couple of more votes for sure to get because it's 75 percent for a membership change. You need to, like I said, hit up those schools from the east and say, hey, you know, are you going to join us here or not? And then, then you say if they say no, then you say, OK, well, then we're going to suggest we also bring in Florida State and Clemson and go to 18. You need 75 percent. Yes. According to the SEC bylaws, so, how many is that? Eleven. Like you need you, you need eleven out of fourteen, right? You need four. You need four teams. You, you have two with A and M, right? To say yeah. no. You need four teams yeah, to say no. Four to say no. Okay. Or or a portion of a school? Could we get like a? <laughs> por- <laughs> you could get the engineering department at, at Vanderbilt to say no, but the, uh, the, the medicine would say yes. What kind of league has fourteen teams and then comes up with a number like seventy five percent? <laughs> it was it worked well when they were a twelve team league, but you know okay, things yeah, keep well, changing. You change it, I know. You divide, you, you divide by fourteen, Dan Wetzel, and come up with a number, it's a whole number. Easy. They're in not one. easy. <laughs> Maybe that's why they need to go to sixteen. <laughs> um, Our collective math uh, SATs aren't very high on this podcast. I would think. I know. You, I know there. I know there is not a whole number that's seventy five percent of fourteen. No. That's what I know. Okay. Moving on, so we don't keep repeating ourselves. What the hell would happen if you're a Big 12 fan right now? Okay, you're a fan of the other teams. Drive to Ames and get yourself a you know a, a, a scotch and water. Okay, and they have a meeting at the at the Holodome. Um, what the hell is going to happen to you? I mean, what if this happens? Do you just start raiding the AAC? I think they say Houston. Will you become the, the water with Memphis? the scotch? <laughs> I because the, the water is as good as it is, as good as it is. You need a little something, something. This is panic time. Oh yeah, remember how panicked they were? Oh my god, I felt so bad for some of these during the last realignment. You oh, talk yeah. to these ads, they're like, I worked my whole life to get a power five job, and now I'm like, well, if this froze up, uh, <laughs> back down the ladder, I'm never gonna get out of here. Yeah. Um, 
back on commercial flights and off charter. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's I mean, what happens to the Big Twelve? I think it dries up, blows away, and becomes the AAC of the planes. Basically, yeah, you're probably looking to partner or grab some AAC teams, you know, and you you probably realign some that way, or you you could even dip down and grab some Conference USA. I don't know, but it's hey, the pickings are slim, and like I said, okay, Iowa State has become a good football program. Oklahoma State has become a good football program. Other than that, eh, I mean, Baylor's had its moments. TCU has had its moments, but they are not sustained for decades at a time. Uh, The best single program outside of football is Kansas basketball. What kind of show is Kansas basketball right now? You want to sell Kansas right now as an athletic department? Good luck with that. It's it's grim. I remember... uh the last round of realignment when it looked like the four big 12 schools were going to go to the pack 10. Then um, there was a, there was a land grab and I had people at the big East telling me they were ready to like go seal the deal with Kansas K state, Iowa state Baylor. <laughs> I think somebody was going to get left behind. Be the um, dumbest was Missouri thing of all time. was Missouri in the sec at that point. They were going to the uh, SEC. I think they yes. were. Okay, they were going to the SEC. So, but like that happened. I mean, people were like, can you imagine, you know, Kansas playing Georgetown or Syracuse in Madison Square Garden at the Big East tournament? Like these were conversations that happened. People were getting ready to get on planes to go to these places to bring them into that football league. Like that almost happened. And I remember. It would have been a good basketball yeah, league. I remember talking to, to Bill Self during that. And mentioning, like, well, what about the Mountain West? And I might as well have said, what about the Southland? <laughs> because that was pretty much his reaction. I think it was less clear then what's clear now. Basketball just has nothing to do with these conversations. I mean, we, we've talked for, you know, 45 minutes here. And the, the word basketball has not come up yet. I mean, it is just the relevance of basketball in any of these conversations is just completely gone. Uh, other than a few basketball programs, you're going to make a couple million bucks, maybe. Like if you're successful, I mean, it's other than you know your Kentuckys or your few, but like if you're Alabama basketball, you might you turn a profit, but it's a couple million bucks. Uh, that's that's my general recollection, and it's that may be a little bit off. It's not the tens of millions of dollars, and then everything else is losing. So basketball is just so so secondary. All right, what about the politics here? Last time. The Pac-12 came and said, we want Texas and Oklahoma come with us. And immediately the politicians in Texas and Oklahoma said, no, you will bring Texas Tech and you'll bring Oklahoma State. You're going to have to bring your little brothers along to the county fair uh, and keep an eye on them. And there was no way for those. Now, politically, again, not only do you have those public schools, because Texas Tech and Oklahoma State are decimated if Oklahoma and Texas leave, but you also have the politicians that represent the regions of other schools, including Texas, TCU, you know, Amelia, if you're representing Waco, you Baylor is, I imagine the biggest employer in town. I don't, I mean, maybe there's a hospital or, but it's probably Baylor's hospital. It's the biggest thing in town. You have to represent that same with, with, uh, in Oklahoma. So as big as Texas, could they pull this? We discussed in the last podcast. It's not that easy to just do this. You know, this has been leaked. Is this just going to cause all of a sudden we're going to have one of these like Texas assembly votes, like 400 to, to one, you know, don't go or like what's going to happen with that? Can they even do this politically? This all got blown up by the A&M leak and, and A&M knew what they were doing. Well, I just think now the magnify it's hard. Sunlight is the worst thing that can happen to realignment. These things, when they've been done right, are completed when people found out about them. So every politician is going to be running to a microphone in Oklahoma and Texas faster than Ross Bjork ran to the microphones at SEC Media Day today, right? They are going to be sounding alarms. They are going to be ringing bells, and they're going to be doing everything possible to pander to their voters, right? Like, I mean, there's no outside of Austin and Norman, there's no greater cause than like, oh, my God, our football program is going to be a dead conference like that is that is not a bipartisan issue. All right. Everyone agrees on that. So I really feel like the politics, the the saber rattling is going to be epic. Like it is just going to be epic. I had somebody tell me this could impact the Texas governor's race. Like it's going to go all the way up there. Like, do you piss off this many Aggies by letting Texas go? 
do you it, like do you you know there are all the TCU grads, all the tech grads. Like, do they have enough clout in the in middle of legislators to stop things? Uh, let's just remember the history of politics and realignment. Ann Richards jammed Baylor into the Big 12. People are still mad about that in Texas. She was the governor at the time. Virginia Tech ended up getting wedged into the ACC in that late, early aughts round of realignment or mid-aughts round of realignment. I believe they boxed out Syracuse because the Virginia legislature pressured Virginia into making it happen. So, I mean, the, and then do you remember the, the, the race between West Virginia and Louisville to, uh, to, to go to the, to go to the big 12 and Louisville won by losing because it ended up in the ACC where it wanted to be all along, but West Virginia, uh, won. But I remember being on the phone with senators offices from both of those, uh, from, I think it was Mitch McConnell and I think it was, oh, yeah. is it rock? Is it Rockefeller in West Virginia? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a decade ago. So it, and it was it was just like that's like that's the level it went to because the constituencies really, really care. And we get politics involved. It's going to be it, from this point on. It is complicated and messy. There is no neat parting of ways. And really, for the next three years until a new Big 12 TV deal is done with the current schools included in it, which would be at least two years. This is going to be a big, dark cloud over every school in that league, not named Oklahoma and Texas. And there will be a permanent rainstorm over the Big 12 offices in the Dallas area because what a mess. And Bob Bowlesby definitely handled the last time this was a big mess. David Bourne wagging his mouth. and leaders. I find it to be a very reasonable place politically. Yes. <laughs> like, they, yeah. you know, they, 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 there's never anything going on in Texas. Yeah. Just, they just have nice, calm debates down there. No problem. Yeah, it's not charged um, at all. Um, and as we know, with uh, you know, when Louisville and, and West Virginia were going at it, it was like, you know, as we know from the Hatfields and the McCoys, when you get the tech, when you get the Kentucky, West Virginia border war yeah. happening, someone's getting their ass shot. They're meeting in Appalachia with muskets. That's right. Yeah, this is not going to be load up. Yeah. Let's settle this with the rifle teams. Now, look, I don't know that they're going to be able to pull this off. My guess is this will be when Maryland left the ACC, it was a stunner upon all stunners. I remember getting a call 10 minutes before someone going, Maryland's going to leave the ACC. And I was like, okay. Uh, and, 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 uh, I was like, really? And I remember like, I'm going to start breaking, trying to, I mean, it's like, what? And 10 minutes later, the story's out and it was a stunner. And there's still Maryland people who are angry about it. Oh yeah. Fans, alums, they're like, we should be playing Virginia. Where's the Duke game? I don't want to play these guys. They're still bitter. Will you open this up? My guess is the backlash will be enough that it isn't happening. That's that's my prediction that this will not happen right now. AM thwarted. This is the best offensive performance by AM since <laughs> Bear Bryant was coaching the Junction Boys. It really might be. You know what? They, they I mean, that was their only play at this point, and it might be a really good play because yes, as I mean, as Pete said, that slows down the machinery big time. And it just ratchets up the noise and acrimony around all of it. I mean, there's a reason why coaching searches go dark because of the noise and acrimony. But this is like times a million. And so everybody's going to weigh in on this. And now, I mean, this becomes way, way, way more complicated this is every- to try to get to a finish line. This yeah, is really going to help our podcast. Our podcast got so much better between now and kickoff. We were going to do like some like ACC preview and Pat and I were going to say what we thought about Syracuse. <laughs> <laughs> Over under three. Yeah, really, yeah. really right. like uh, Clemson's new left guard. I really think he's going to open up some holes for the young tailbacks. Nope. <laughs> nope. This is oh, this is good. Oh, this the is zone good. blocking right. schemes so, are out. Yes, yes. we will have the inside zone to the outside zone. (laughs) We will have plenty more on this conference realignment, obviously. I can I just add this? I I saw Mac Brown. I'm at ACC Media Day. So I saw Mac Brown and I was I walked up to him. I was like, hey, did you hear what happened? And he just had this huge grin on his face. (laughs) (laughs) Thank. Instead of such a said, thank God I'm not in the middle of that. And then Dabo was right there. And Dabo goes, well, tomorrow we'll start the rumor. We're going to take Alabama and Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> Consider the rumor started. All right. We got a lot of, on this. There's a lot of interest in Pat and I's existence over here because people are worried. We appreciate our, our loyal audience uh, worried about our well-being or at least our blood alcohol level. 
Can you add some light to what I consider a criminal situation where you have an alcohol soda machine? What do we call this? We have have a vending machine. machine. We have a vending machine. Vending machine with alcohol. And I don't in in the hallway. I have nothing. And you have everything. Yeah. That's kind of the way it should be on all fronts in this world. But yes, I have I have a vending machine with like four kinds of Japanese beer. We got tea. There might be a, some some soft drinks, and then we've got the beer up there. Uh, I have yet to partake because we've got a Seven Eleven right next door that actually has a better beer selection. So I've I've got my beer there. It's all it's also funny. I had my my Spartan dinner of thinly sliced ham and crackers and one beer and fell asleep at like eight thirty last night. I was cooked. So I haven't really partaken of the. The beer advantage, I have to say. I uh, I have not had any drinks here. I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating taking a dry spell. We'll see how this goes. May not last more than tonight. <laughs> For like a day? or Here's the situation. I'm either going to be sitting alone in a 100-square-foot room <laughs> getting loaded every night. <laughs> Even I can see the pratfalls <laughs> of this decision. So I don't know. It might be IOC chairman Thomas Bach telling me to lay off it. And they closed. I'm in the largest city in the world and they don't want to give me alcohol. <laughs> Seems like someone's telling me something. I think you're one more four column day away from uh, from hitting, uh, the, hitting the bottle. We'll see how long this lasts. Yeah. I make no promises. Yeah. But so far, I'm on the sober train. It is eerie here. You look out your window. There's like no traffic. It's like almost no one on the streets. It's not a total lockdown, but you drive. It's sad. You drive on the bus to to where we have to go, and there's lots of stores just shut down. You know, there's just no. Uh, it's it's crazy. Thirty four million people live in this metropolitan area. That's the largest crazy. city in the world. That's the amount almost of California in one city, and there's nobody doing anything. Uh, very very weird. Uh, very, very weird situation. Uh, the pajama front. Pat and I both, I believe, were delivered another. There he is. He's holding up his pajamas. Yep. Holding up my, my white every pajama night, coat. Every night they try to get you to wear another man's pajamas. <laughs> every night they come by with a fresh set of pajamas. I don't wear pajamas anyway. I'm really skeptical of wearing <laughs> pajamas that anyone else wore. I know there's a washing machine, but what? It doesn't matter. There's no washing machine good enough to get me in somebody else's pajamas. I was bored last night. I did slip on the robe for about a couple of minutes just to have something to do. <laughs> something to do. <laughs> That's how boring it is here. I was like, yeah, maybe I'll put on the robe. I walked around my room, which is, takes three steps. Uh, I had more room in the womb <laughs> than I have in this place. But you had uh, some good lines in your column, Dan. The uh, the the scene setter, <laughs> the yeah. scene setter. Yeah, I had the womb joke in there. Yeah, always a popular one. The robe. I, I, I just I'm not a robe guy. No. There's like robe people, right? Yeah, you know, like that's Hugh Hefner or something. I'm not a robe guy. The Dosa key guy, guy is a robe guy, right? Yeah, right. But like, first of all. It's 90 degrees out. It's I mean, we're not outside, but the rooms aren't, you know, like 50. It's only so much you can do. Nobody needs a robe at this time of year in, in Tokyo, period. And I'm not a robe guy either. By the end of this thing, Pat's just going to be sitting around in his pajamas, <laughs> draining the vending machine in his hallway. <laughs> America should have alcohol and vending machines. Yes. Does it take I mean, credit cards? this? Or do you have to do you have to have like I don't end? know. I mean, I haven't fully examined. I just was very heartened to see it. It's like, you know, knowing that you've got a, a security blanket there if you need it. I, I know I know people are like America's the best and whatever we do is the best, but sometimes other cultures have good ideas. Yeah. And this is one of them. Yes. Yes, it is. This is one of them. In Brazil, they have those super cold fridges. Yeah. For beer. Like, and they put a little, they have a little counter on the top, like a clock, and it says like negative seven degrees Celsius. They have these freezers and they put these beers in there, these big beers. And then you, you can pick and they have the different brands. So it'd be like, well, they have like Antarctica. They have different uh, beers down there. Well, let's say it's Miller. Let's say it's Miller, Budweiser, of course. And you say, oh, I don't want the, the Bud's only negative five. I want the negative seven Miller lights, right? (laughs) Bush light would be the best one. And then you get a big beer, like a 40, and you drink it like a bottle of wine. <laughs> like you share it. Oh. And they have these, and they put it in this like other thing that they're obsessed with cold beer like in Brazil. Mug. I love it. 
yeah. It, well, it's like this. Uh, you know how they have those wine? You can put your wine in like, yeah. a, decanter. Uh, like a stone. It's cold the, uh, decanter. Yeah. yeah. A chilled decanter. That, that wraps around the bottle. Yeah. One of those. They have those in Brazil. We should have that in America. I've learned not. I've like they had to drag me to see the Great Wall of China. Like I have no cultural things. I'm not like. <laughs> The Great Wall was pretty cool. Boy, I went the, to Beijing. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. Fantastic. That was cool. It's impressive. I can't tell you. I went to the the Louvre too. But I can't even tell you what happened there. <laughs> um, I have no. My I have nothing on God, that. But how to keep beer cold, accessible and cold beer ideas from around the globe. They, the Biden administration should put me on their team. <laughs> he should create a team, and I'd make me the chairman. What's <laughs> well, lobbying for a second job? Or third job, fourth, whatever it may be. Anyway, that's our dispatch from Japan. Uh, thank you for listening. I'm sure this podcast is quite long now. Uh, but we'll be back next week. College football inquirer. But you can trust our news. All true. Most of it. There's a kernel of news in there. Catch and release. We're going to catch and release some stories. Please subscribe. Continue to tell your friends. Uh, share us on social media. We need all the help we can get. We're doing our best here. Coming in hot from Japan. Talk to you all later.